0: Brian, welcome to the show this morning. Thanks for being here with us. Let's talk about the stock's drop first, Brian. This company has been unstoppable, it seems. So, what went wrong here?
1: Look, I, I mean, I, I, the first and foremost, I would say I think the, the, the stock, the, the pullback here is very much a buying opportunity. I think it's a new jerk reaction on the, on the part of the market. Now, what happened is Nike fell susceptible to supply chain issues and a lot of what other retailers and brands are talking about there's both there's issues with shipping containers or lack thereof and then there's transportation issues in, in within the United States. So that was basically the issue the issues or the issues that weighed upon Nike's results and caused a uh, sales to track below expectations Now I think what's important to note Nike held a conference call last night I've been talking to our clients we wrote some, we wrote some pieces on this already the business has already rebounded. So basically, they, they frame the delays as about three weeks in length. Here into the fiscal fourth quarter, the business has already rebounded, and there's evidence of that Nike actually uh, lifted its, its sales guidance for the year.
0: So what's interesting here is this company for Nike, correct me if I'm wrong here, has been spending the better part of its CapEx the last couple years, building out this direct-to-consumer supply chain. I mean, I remember when they first started talking about upping that ability, there were some costs associated with it, but eventually it was going to be well worth it, given what we've seen, right? The company operating at a good margin, being able to remove some of the brick and mortar as the middleman, and where is the glitch here now? I mean, is this just so purely COVID-specific that it was unavoidable, or is there something they've learned here that now is going to cost money to fix?
1: now look that's a it's a great question um and the way i would answer that is this is purely external You know, and I've asked other companies that the question you just asked on Nike. You know, is there anything you can do to get around this? Mm. You know, the easier answer is no. You know, in some cases, I mean, you know, this sounds oversimplified, but as opposed to shipping product across the water, you can fly it in. Obviously, there's a much higher expense associated with that. But I don't. In a lot of cases, that's not even available. I mean, Nike was talking about last time their product at the end of the, the fiscal third quarter, some of it was literally trapped on the water. Hmm. You know, it wasn't able to, so this, this, the answer, I mean, Nike, like, just exactly like you said, Nike has done a phenomenal job over the past several years of really building out its digital infrastructure, improving its own internal supply chain. This is purely external.
0: Now, the profit that's up from a year before uh, this uh, jump, I mean, is pretty substantial, right? About 850 million a year ago versus 1.5 billion today. Is this just showing Nike's brand power? Is it showing that they had the right types of. Uh, pseudo kind of uh, the new workwear, the athletic leisure wear that they pushed into, the Lululemon competition. Where did the predominance of that gain come from versus a year ago in a period where you didn't think people really need to run out and buy shoes, they're not really going anywhere?
1: Yeah, so look, I mean, it's, so I, I, the answer to all your questions, is yes, uh, you know, but I think also another factor too, you know, what's interesting, so sales fell short, right? The, Nike did not have as much product particularly in its wholesale partners as the company would have liked to. But you know, one result of that, one positive or silver lining if you will, is that they had to do less promotions. You know, so we saw you can see so you look through that P and L really where Nike, you know, despite weaker sales beat pretty handily on the bottom line, gross margins were higher. You also saw, you know, they're doing a better job of now controlling expenses. As the company's starting to move away from the, really the heavy lifting with some of this in- infrastructure investment they've been undertaking for the last several years, mm. but I think if I look if I really step back and say what's happening here, you what know, that what that is, it's a testament to the improving prowess, if you will, improving strength of the Nike business model. Mm.
0: Sounds like you think uh, this today might be a dip buying opportunity in, in Nike, uh, Brian. Judging from the language I'm hearing,
1: absolutely. You know, and that's exactly what I was telling my, our clients this morning. You know, look, like it's you know, I, we've li- we like Nike into the print. You get a modest pullback here. We think this is an incremental buying opportunity. In our view, this is really one of within consumer, it's particularly much mega caps in consumer. This is really one of the best reopening plays out there.
0: Right now, we just finished a conversation talking about Foot Locker. Some of these retail brick-and-mortar plays have just been booming over the past uh, six months post-vaccine news. Is this uh, hindering the kind of market flows case at all for Nike if someone's going, you know what, Nike is already up 90%, uh, you know, over X period of time. Why don't I go for a stock that got totally beaten down, uh, whereas you look at Nike and it's been above its, you know, pre-COVID highs now for, the got back there in June. So is there any risk that the investment flows will find, uh, you know, a different home for now?
1: Interesting question. So I, I don't follow Fort Locker officially, given my coverage of Nike and the athletic okay, sure. space. Obviously, you keep a, a close eye on, on Fort Locker, but you know, like I think your question is interesting one. So the answer is probably yes. You know, I think I think that the market's looking at that. But you know, look, I, with Nike, and this is the point we make. You know, because we do follow companies like Dick's Sporting Goods. You know, Nike has made very clear that they continue to work very closely with their preferred distribution partners. Fort Locker being one of them, Dick's being another one. But look, behind this, what Nike has done you know, masterfully is improve its own direct-to-consumer type capabilities. And I think, you know, I, I really do believe, you know, look at the way Nike's pushing, getting closer to its own customers. Over time, you know, that, that, that that's going to represent a risk, even for some of these preferred partners. I mean, Nike's selling more product direct-to-consumer. But to answer your question, I, look, I think the market is looking like that. I you know where these derivative plays, but I'll say also from my perspective, Nike is still cheap here. So yes, it's, it's you know it's tracking all time, and you're an all-time high. But given what's happening with this business, how much better this business is run today, I think the stock is still cheap.